Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Welcome and Shalom to this uh, episode of Bearing the Burdens podcast. I am your host, as our lovely voice actress had said, Pastor and Rabbi Billy Elias. Today, um, I wanted to speak about John, or I'm sorry, not John, Matthew chapter 18, and the discussion about who the greatest disciple um, was. Now, I I heard a really good teaching on it yesterday in church by um, Pastor Jason Cardenosa at Alive Again Alliance. Um, And of course, you know, one of the things is when when I go and I I listen to other pastors' sermons, I like to look at what they're preaching on, but then of course look at the Hebrew and find out a little bit more. Um, and in this particular case, this is one of those scriptures that, uh, you know, it shows up in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it shows up in all the gospels. Um, and there's, there's a tail end to, you know, this part. Of course, we're talking about Matthew 18, 1 through uh, 6, all of uh, verse 6. And I never really kind of grasped or I never really kind of got the idea um, about how Jesus took, you know, the discussion of the disciples asking upon themselves who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Um, And he addresses them about the humility of a child and not to prevent children coming to him. I, and and then obviously in chap in Mark it talks about you know the greatest is going to be the one who serves the greatest will be last so the greatest is going to be the greatest servant and I often didn't get the connection between that and Jesus calling the child over and saying you have to be like this child and I've heard a lot of things. Um, about it, but as I was listening to um, Pastor Jason preach on it yesterday, what I did was I looked at the Hebrew word for greatest, and I think when I was looking at the word, that was when I realized exactly what Jesus was saying. Because again, when we talk about English translations, you know, they try to find the best translation of whatever language they're they're looking at. Um, whether it be Greek, whether it be Hebrew, you know, Latin, whatever the case may be. And in this particular case, um, at least in the Gospel of Mark, um, most theologians would agree and believe that it was written in Greek. Matthew was written in Aramaic. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of get a, a, a few different mindsets, but the, the truth of the matter is translating it out of the Hebraic mindset is always going to be more difficult, especially with the language barrier from Hebrew to Latin to Greek into English. So when I was looking at this, and I looked at the word greatest, because I didn't understand exactly what be the greatest disciple in the kingdom meant. Um, And so I wanted to define that. And lo and behold, what I found was that the Hebrew word um, for greatest is actually not the Hebrew word 
or I'm sorry, the English word for greatest is not the Hebrew word that is used in the text for greatest. The word in Hebrew is actually bahem, um, B-A-H-E-M. And in Hebrew, it means trusted. Now it starts to make a little bit more sense, doesn't it? Because when we look at this, so we read, when we read the text, I'm going to remove the word greatest and I'm going to replace it with the Hebrew word that appears in the translation. So at the time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who is the trusted or most trusted in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him among them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. See, what is he saying there? Unless you changed and have a trusting spirit, right? Because let's be real honest, children trust their parents. Children love their parents. It's an unconditional love until, I guess you would say, until that age of reason when if the parent is, is, is a horrible parent or whatever the case may be, then the child would probably turn around and say, you know what, I don't like you or whatever the case may be. But in this particular case, he's telling them like a child. Now this child, he brings in the midst and he says, this child will trust him. This child will trust his parents. This child will trust whomever his parents say you can trust, aunts, uncles, People that the child grows up with because it's in the DNA to be not only to trust, but to be dependent upon. So when they ask him, who is the most trusted in the kingdom of heaven? He turns around and says, unless you become like this. So in other words, you have to be so humble as to trust your heavenly father, to trust Jesus himself as your heavenly father. And in that becomes, brings all kinds of humility. And when you trust the heavenly father, you trust him with everything in your life. Kodesh lo Adonai, right? Everything is holy unto him. So all of your actions, all of your desires, all of your past, all of your present, all of your future. Oh, that's a tough one. Trusting the Messiah, trusting Hashem, Jesus, our Messiah, with our future. Trusting that God is going to protect us and that we are going to be 100% dependent on Him. With everything we do and in everything He said. Becoming the servant of man because we are the heir to the kingdom of heaven through the grace of life through Jesus our glorious Messiah who entrusts us with tasks that he wants us to do for him and the kingdom so whoever humbles himself like this child he is the most trusted in the kingdom of heaven It changes, doesn't it? And it made, for me, it made so much more sense. Because who he says in verse 5 of, of Matthew 18, and whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Now, I want you to think about that. He's telling his disciples, 
You're all going to be servants of the kingdom of God. Each one of you is going to be persecuted, except for um, John the Revelator, unto death. You're all going to have a task that I am going to give you in this life. You're all going to do something to help impact the furthering of the kingdom of heaven and the good news. The gospel, of course. And he said, so, but understand, when you receive people who are humble in themselves that have said, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we trust you. We come to you in all of our brokenness, completely humble and dependent on your word for protection and for sustenance. You better receive them and not let your own ego and your own pride get in the way. So now it makes sense, right? With what he says in verse six, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. I mean, that's some heavy stuff. In other words, if you've been in, you know, given, if, if God gives you the ability to lead, if God gives you the ability to minister to people and you lead them astray. And this isn't obviously just about, you know, this isn't obviously just about um, pastors, rabbis from the pulpit. This is most definitely about religious leaders who lead their people into all kinds of different lies and and compromise and and I believe it yes it is about religious leaders about the compromise and 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 telling them falsehoods you know leading them down into a a, a system where we compromise our lifestyle we compromise our righteousness in the church to better assimilate with what society is saying is right and wrong. We're talking about religious leaders that would tell their flocks, oh, Jesus is the king, he is the Lord, but there's other ways to get to heaven. We're talking about religious leaders that will tell their flock that, well, the word is the word, but anytime you hear that but, and and you lead people down a path of unrighteousness because you have to understand People who legitimately and really get saved, and I'm not, you know, and they really seek your help, it is a responsibility. Because the reason God brings them into your path is because you have shown that you have trusted Him. At least we hope you have shown that you have trusted Him. To so to say who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is not at all. A good translation, is it? It's who then is the most trusted. Now all those parables about Jesus, the parable of, of, of the rich man and, and the parable of the talents and all of these, I think now we're starting to see it. It's because he trusted them to do a task and they either did it and 
really excelled at it or they did it and excelled at it, but not to the, you know, they did what within their means or they took what they were told to do and they hit it. And, you know, Hashem forbid they took what God had given them, the talents and the blessings, and they have led their people astray. See, because in verse 7 uh, in Matthew 18, it says, Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks. For it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to the person through whom the stumbling blocks come. And in today's religious orders, in today's Christendom, in today's church, there are leaders that are creating massive stumbling blocks for whatever reasons. So I, I, I just, again, I thought, you know, again, because of, I was very inspired um, yesterday in hearing Pastor Jason uh, Cardinosa uh, speak about this, that, um, you know, I, I wanted to be able to build on what God had shown me. So again, as always, thank you um, for joining us. And for all of you who um, are listening, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of Jesus, our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Down to my